Welcome to Cognitive Rampage Podcast. Hope you're taking care of you. Hope you're living your Cognitive Rampage. You have to believe in the power of you. Uncomfortable is where the change is. Podcast. Hope you're taking care of you. Hope you are living your cognitive rampage. I hope you are doing the best you can to take care of yourself out there right now uh, or those around you. Uh, I have been sitting on the fence, you know, for a while uh, about this podcast and really what to say, what to do on this podcast, really what to talk about, what I really wanted to say. You know, th- this podcast has been on my mind, obviously, for weeks uh, as COVID-19, a response from a virus uh, that's been on my mind, you know, and like most of us, you know, I'm sure we're spending spending more time than we ever did before on social media, spending more time uh, than we ever probably did before, not even probably meaning to listen to the news, right, or read it or see it, because it's just everywhere, right? It's on social media. It's popping up at all kinds of places. And, you know, before I kind of walk into some of my thoughts uh, about this, you know, I, I wanted to address a couple things uh, about dealing with some anxiety from what's happening, right? I mean, this is the Cognitive Rampage podcast. This is mental health help. And I, and I wanted to focus on that. And while I'm on that, uh, I wanted to let everybody know that uh, we are brought to you by dollarmentalhealthclub.com. Um, it is mental training uh, that is open now. You can go to dollarmentalhealthclub.com uh, and get some mental training, right? It's not therapy. Let me be clear about that. It's not therapy at Dollar Mental Health Club. Um, it's about giving you strategies and things to deploy in your life. Um, you know, it's not your your typical session, right, where uh, you're going to call. I am one of the mental trainers on there as well as uh, Steve Stone, uh, who's on there as well. Um, And you can sign up for that call, and you'll have myself or Steve, whichever trainer you sign up for. And we're there to give you some tips, some tactics, some things to work through that will help your mental health, and we only do it for a dollar a minute, right? Um, Not uh, trying to charge you a whole lot. We do 15-minute sessions and 30-minute sessions at dollarmentalhealthclub.com. Uh, and that is who we are brought to you by. But you can schedule those sessions anytime with myself or Steve. But, you know, on that aspect of dealing with anxiety, right? Some people are experiencing it. Some people aren't. And you may be experiencing anxiety on a different level that's coming out as irritability and anger. Uh, well, maybe. I know some of you are. I see the posts that are coming out uh, that are dealing with the anger and irritability of what's happening. Uh, as you read your news feed that tells you what is or what isn't. And um, either way, right, whether you're dealing with irritability, anger, uh, or anxiety, irritability and anger are symptoms of anxiety in itself, right? That's how we're dealing with the anxiety. You may not call yourself anxious, but if you're being irritable, uh, if you're being angry, 
uh, on social media right now. You're comment commenting certain things with anger. This is just how you have learned to express and cope and deal with your anxiety at the present moment, right? And I understand that. I get that. I have empathy for, for both sides, those that are, are recoiling and not, not doing anything or, or those that are uh, expressing their anger, uh, whether it's toward China or uh, toward Democrats, right, or toward Republicans, right? The, 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 it's, I, I, on a left field note, I, I wish we could get out of this party bullshit. Uh, I really do. Uh, I have empathy for both sides on what both sides are seeing. Um, you know, so many comparisons to calling this thing, it's just a flu, it's not a big deal. Uh, let, let me digress, let me digress. When you're dealing with things like this, maybe causing anger, irritability, anxiety, right, these are stemming from thoughts that we're having, the thoughts that we're having that are creating these feelings that you're having to either lash out at people online or uh, lash out at those in the home with you, right? Because let's be honest, right, this, this is a time where you may be stuck indoors with, uh, you know, your significant other, your kids, probably longer than you ever have been in a very long time, right? I mean, for many people, their marriages and family and kids, it's built around three days a week, right? Two days a week, really, because you're seeing them maybe two or three hours on Monday, Monday night through Thursday night because you're going to bed early or whatever. You're waking up early going to work or you're both going to work, however that may be. And then Friday night comes along, you're probably exhausted from the week, so you don't do much. So you're really used to being with the people that you're that you love Saturdays, right? Saturday nights, Sundays, and then Sunday nights, and then Monday you start it back all back all over again. When you're really used to dealing with really two and a half days out of seven with the people you love. And now you may find yourself cooped up inside, right? There's been a thousand memes, right, about how parents are trying to homeschool and having more love for teachers, right, and understanding what it's like, that it's really not the teachers, it's your kids, right, all these funny memes that are coming out. But what you're dealing with, you may not have really seen before. And let's be, let's be honest here, man, it may be pointing out some real flaws in your relationship. And also, I'm on it, you know, let, let's give some some love and some understanding for those uh, children and spouses, both men and women, uh, that are in relationships abusive relationships and an abusive homes that are having to stay home right now, right? And be in that awful environment hour after hour, day after day right now. Um, that can be a terrorizing thing. And if you're lucky enough not to be in that relationship, right, and you're experiencing some anxiety, irritability, anger, you may not really think that you're anxious at this moment. And say, I'm not anxious, I'm just pissed off. Well, if you're just pissed off, that is a way that you have learned to express and cope with anxiety in your way. Right, that anger, irritability, these are symptoms of dealing with anxiety. And typically, it can come if it's coming from anger and irritability, it's because you may be feeling like you're having to do something that you don't think is justified, like stay home or being quarantined. You may think that this is just like the flu. You may think this is just some, uh, if you're far on the tinfoil hat radar, right? This is some conspiracy of the New World Order to get everybody to get vaccines and have to carry around papers that you're vaccinated while they're implementing 5G across the country and they're hiding the whole thing. Uh, I get it um, that <laughs> you may be down that road um, and trying to 
trying to find the conspiracy in this thing, right? Because some people thrive in trying to find those things. Whatever it is that's creating you to feel like you're feeling, a lot of that is stemming from your thoughts related to the environment you're currently in, right? And how you are perceiving that environment, how you're processing that environment. And so I want to give you a couple tips here on how to deal with the anxiety that's coming through, right? Because let's let's feel for those. I mean, let's let's be honest. Whether you believe this is a hoax, whether you believe... Um, I don't know, pick the most outlandish thing or whether you believe this is some serious thing, right? Whether, whatever you believe, what's happening is what's happening currently, right? And if you're angry about that, upset about that, or anxious that you have to be in the house, that this in, invisible enemy, which is that's what's out there, right, could, could hurt you or harm the people you love, etc. Whether any of that of where you exist or whether you believe in that, you probably are experienced. Some aren't, right? Some aren't. It's not everybody. Some are, are fine, you know, being where you're at. Um, there's two things that, that I would tell you to begin to employ. The first thing is creating a structure, creating a structure of your day. Because if you have spent the last 10 to 15 years of your life getting up at 8 o'clock or, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning, whether it's going to the gym, then going to work, you have this routine, right? And humans thrive in routine. We, tip, we, we typically thrive in routine. Uh, we teach routine to our young ones from going to school. Now they're out of a routine, right? So please don't be harsh on your kids right now because they've also been used to a routine. They may not like the routine of school and home, sports, whatever, but they're also being pulled out of their routine. If you take you know, a, a rat or any animal and you run them through the same maze over and over and over and over and over and over again, then you remove that maze and put them in something new, uh, they will struggle, right? They will have an issue, right? So what's happening to any of us, despite what you believe, whether it's a hoax or whether this is full-on pandemic panic time, whatever that is, you need to begin to implement and create a new structure. And that's a daily structure where whether you're, you're giving yourself a bedtime, it doesn't have to be that. I'm a night owl myself. I like to stay up late night. Um, or getting up early, right? Implementing this routine. I know a lot of us can't go to the gym anymore. Um, but it's, it's dividing up a routine in your life, right? And, and I mean small things for routine, right? It can be find the very small things, whether it's, all right, from this hour to this hour is when I'm going to eat. From this hour to this hour is when I'm going to read that new book. From this hour to this hour uh, is when I'm going to do some calisthenics, whatever, hit the bag, train at home, whatever it is you're doing. If you do that, from this hour to this hour is when we're going to sit down and, and, and watch a new Netflix series. And, and, and very, and most importantly, scheduling that alone time, right? Scheduling that alone time within each other because you are stuck in this house together, right? Because you're stuck in this environment is allowing time for your children and yourself alone time. Time where you do go into your favorite room, right? Or go to that favorite chair, that place that you like to be or sit, that garage you like to be in, whatever it is. And that's where it's your time from this hour to this hour, right? I'm not saying it has to be an hour, it can be longer than that, shorter than that, whatever. Uh, but implement the structured schedule, although it may be very minute, right? F for There's a lot of research out there for, the, for people that go to prison for lengths of period of time. Um, creating a structure by the hours and by the day of what you're doing, what you decide to do, as simple as making your bed, right? As simple as adjusting this, moving that, cleaning that, reading that. You know, these are small things that keep the sanity in your own mind during something like this. 
So think about a structure that you have, because what, what this is causing, whether you believe we should be on lockdown or not, whether you believe the quarantine should be happening or not, right, it is happening, right? It's being deployed, if you will. And you can be upset at that, you can be mad at that, and if your thoughts, and you continue to create the thoughts that you're upset at this is happening, that this is just a flu or whatever, or the reverse, or this is the end of the world, locusts are coming, right, in Africa, everything's falling apart, no matter which end of the spectrum you see it on, you're experiencing, you could be experiencing anxiety in some way. And one of the tools to begin to implement with that is to begin to create a purposeful structure, a structure that may include some very minute details as small as making the bed, right? Doing the laundry, having time to write. You may not even be a writer, okay? Journaling is a very good thing to do right now. Um, I've seen more Facebook Lives than I've ever seen in my life coming right now, and that can be a good thing too, right? But you don't want to live within social media right now, right? So structure those things, right? And create a small little life for yourself and with the family you're in, okay? So especially with your kids being home, please try to show some empathy for your kids that they too, since being in existence, have been programmed into a schedule that they have. Be that sports, be that friend's house, be that sleepovers, be that school, whatever it is your kids have been doing, they are also used to a schedule, just like you have been. And it's probably hitting you a little bit harder if you have been on that same schedule for five years, 10 years. The longer you've been in that same schedule of this is what I do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If this is what I'm doing constantly, the more you are going to need to implement that structure. And I mean, it can be very minute. Think about the very small things that you do or maybe forego right at the house. I know for me, uh, in the last two weeks, I have done everything I can possibly do. Um, to fix anything around the house, outside of the house. I think I've washed the cars probably too many times, right? Uh, Rearranged some furniture. I set up a new podcast studio this way, right? We may empty that canister when you may want to think, slow it down, right? We don't need to do it all day. But if you can begin to create a purposeful structure where you say, all right, I'm going to go to bed at this hour. I'm going to wake up at this hour, right? These are just suggestions, right? And I'm going to read at this hour from this time to this time. I'm going to try to write, uh, I have met many people that don't consider themselves writers that once they began to write, they're like, holy shit, I'm pretty good at this, right? And find ways to do that, right? So find that purposeful structure. And I'm not saying you need to allocate every single hour of your day, but what I'm saying is is the more that you can adjust yourself, because your biology in itself, right, change in itself, the way we are molded, how you think and operate today is on a, is on a five, five-tier structure, right? Uh, what we think, what we do, how we behave, right, what we do, our behavior, right, and how we think, our environments that we're in constantly, and how our biology is operating, then shapes the fifth one, our neurology. Our operating neurology is present today because of those four things, right, over time, our environments, our behavior, how we think, and our biology have shaped our current neurology, or how we think, act, behave, etc., right, so you have gotten to your present day of thinking, behaving, acting, whatever, because of the routine you've constantly been on that have shaped your present neurology. So we have to take that same rationale, right, that same scientific influence, right? This isn't just some guessing game. This is science, right? So implementing that on a smaller scale, on a more minute, detailed, meticulous scale, right? And questioning what we think, how we think, what we're thinking, right? That then shapes what we do, our behavior. Now, the issue we're having, most of us are having right now, is our environments. We're not able to change our environments currently, right? 
we're not able to change our environments. Many of us are stuck at home, forced to be at home. You may be pissed off. It's all a hoax. It's bullshit to just get Trump out of office or, or the, the sky is falling and we're all going to die. You, whether, whatever end of the spectrum you're on, unfortunately, we are and have been moved to this quarantine level and it will begin to spread more across this country. So we're not able to change our environments. But what we can change is our perception of the environment. If your perception is, I shouldn't have to be home, this is bullshit, well, then when you're home, your thoughts about why you're home are going to consume you, right? They're going to consume you. And same on the other end of the spectrum. I have to be home because the world is ending and everyone else out there is screwing us all up because they're making everybody say those same thoughts in the present are making your current environment, which you cannot change, nearly unsustainable. Unsustainable for your thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and especially your biology, which all of that is affecting your neurology, right? So I'm going into the science here of a structured routine. You may hear, okay, Adam, I get it. Set up a perfect a structured routine, right? But what I'm trying to do is give the science behind what I'm telling you with a structured routine, and it's very small. It, it affects people's outcome of long-term prison sentences. It affects people's outcome that have been prisoners of war. It affects people's outcomes that are in, in the military, that are in certain things, right, where you don't have control over your environment. So if we do not have control over our, our environment, we have control over the perceptions of our environment of what's happening, right? That's where your cognition comes into play, what you think and what you believe, right? So if we cannot change our environment in the present, what we can do is change the perceptions about our environment, thus or... Right, not thus, but or we can at least challenge our thoughts that are creating the feelings we have towards our forced environment at the present, right? But are you willing to challenge what you believe about what COVID-19 is causing in order for you to make a more sustainable environment for yourself and those around you? I'll repeat that. Are you willing to question your beliefs about this COVID-19 pandemic to better or improve your environment, your home, for yourself and those around you. I noticed some people signed off the minute I went to that, right? So <laughs> the minute I started talking to people to question their own beliefs about this, people begin to bail out. I can't hear it anymore. That, no, this isn't true. This is all bullshit, Right, I can begin to hear the skeptics on both ends, the ones that call it a hoax and the ones that say the sky is falling, we're all going to die, and start repenting and praying now. Right? Somewhere between that is what's really happening, in my opinion. Um, I don't believe the sky is falling, and it's the end of all Earth as we know it. Uh, and nor do I believe that this is some sort of hoax um, constructed by somebody. Right? If <laughs> it, it, I'm going to go off tangent here, but if you're believing this is some hoax, I, I would ask you, who is the payoff? Right? Who is the payoff here? Follow the money if you want to. Who's the payoff here? Who's making the money? Who is winning this? Is it the <laughs> is it the, the Democrats that are winning that we have to stay home because it's ruining Trump's reelection? You know, campaign. Well, my God, this entire worldly thing was put off just for that. I mean, you have to be willing to question certain things, right? But we unfortunately have been blessed with and cursed by a thing called cognitive dissonance. A cognitive dissonance can be a helpful thing in our lives. It can help us withstand many things that are happening in our lives, but can also be a detriment to our lives that we don't really see the reality of what's happening. And research project done on cognitive dissonance years and years ago, um, a area and section of the Mississippi River 
they knew was going to be flooded with storms that were coming. They knew it would flood within three miles of this river. So they went to everyone in this area within 10 miles and told everybody within 10 miles to evacuate due to the flooding that was coming, right? Seems a safe thing to do. Well, everyone, 100% of people at the 10 and 9 mile radius evacuated. Eight miles, seven miles, the closer that you got to the river, the less and less people evacuated. And then when the river did flood, people died at the one and two mile radius, died and were needing rescue. And, and other people were having to put themselves, their lives in danger to rescue these people at the one and two mile radius. Ask yourself, why would people at a 10 mile radius evacuate? when they guaranteed flooding at three miles, but people at the one, two, and even three-mile mark did not evacuate. Why would that happen? Would you just call them stupid? Why does that happen in a human being? That they would die in a flood, knowing, that's, knowing it was coming, informed days and days ahead of time of when this would happen. Why would people at the one, two, and three-mile marker even die when you would think the person and people at the one, two, and three mile marker would go, hey, they're guaranteeing flooding at three miles. We should probably just take our chances and get the hell out of here when 100% of people evacuated the 10 and nine mile marker. Why does that happen? That is the cognitive dissonance that we are cursed with and blessed with. That cognitive dissonance says it, it protects us by saying there's no way that this could happen to me, to us, to my family, to my home, to what we've built here. And then those people start to bring out facts. We've lived here for 15 years. This has never happened. We've gone through hurricane after flood after hurricane and rainstorm. That's never happened. You start pulling out statistics and throwing stats out there that make you feel better, that make you say this is bullshit. They just want us out of our homes. Whatever it was, what do you think made those people at the one, two, and three mile marker stay there and risk their lives and their families' lives from that flood. That is an example of a cognitive dissonance. When we hold a cognitive dissonance so hard that we have no, there's no way that it could happen to us or be us, be involved in that, we begin to come up with things that serve this cognitive dissonance, like statistics, like math, like comparisons, conspiracy theories. These are the things that begin to pop out of the human mind in order to cope with the non-coping of the possible reality, right? So to digress back to the dealing with the anxiety part, I gave you the first tip about creating a purposeful structure, creating a structure for your children. And of course, they're kids, right? I hear you. Adam, these are kids that are staying at home. Good luck making them stick to a structure, right? But you can make it fun. You can make structure fun. You can implement the fun time, the free time, when you're looking, times you're looking forward to, right? Work time, study time, learning time, growing time. Find and get creative with ways that when you construct your new purposeful routine, when you create a routine, and again, this can be as small as this is when I do my jumping jacks, right? <laughs> okay, this is when I do my calisthenics. This is when I'm going to pick up that one book. This is when I'm going to listen to that podcast. At this time to this time is when I'm going to do this, right? I'm going to go in and switch rooms, right? If you can, if you're lucky enough to live in a couple different rooms, read in one room, right? Work out in another room, right? Watch TV in a different room, sleep and fuck in another room. <laughs> Throw that in there. Split up the rooms, right? I mean, find time to play with your pet. Say, hey, from this hour to this hour, I'm going to play with my pet. From this hour to this hour, I'm going to try writing. I don't know what about, but I'm going to write something. Just write something. 
right, before you know it. And, and some of you might not have time for that. I get it. you got 15,000 kids running around the place. You're trying to herd cats at the house the whole time. So you can't – I get that. And I'm not saying you need to stick to it, right? I'm not saying create anxiety automatically by not being able to stick to your purposeful structure here, what you're creating, right? But lay out an outline. Lay out an outline for yourself. And stick to this routine the best you can. And forgive yourself if you don't, right? Forgive yourself if you can't. I know you hear a lot of people saying, paint that masterpiece, right? Learn to play the instrument that you bought 10 years ago that you haven't picked up, right? Sure, add that to it. But structure it. If you structure it within a timeline, you will find yourself forcing yourself to do that. If you say, hey, this is the time, this is this, this is my free time. This is when it's alone time. Again, I'm, I'm reiterating that fact because this is especially important for the environment, your, the environment that you're currently stuck in, literally, or forced to be in, is creating the alone time for yourself or for them. Help your kids structure their alone time, right? When they have some alone time to themselves to think, to do, to draw, to color, to sing, to do whatever they want to do. Structure family time. You have to be rational here. You cannot make every single hour that you're at home with your entire family, quotes, family time, okay? Don't do that to your kids or yourself, all right? You're torturing yourself to think that for hours upon hours that the whole family needs to be, be together, or if you're just a couple, right, that each hour you have to do something together every time, and this is the structure, right? Make sure you schedule the time apart and the time together. The time to learn, the time to rest, the time to not give a fuck, right? Schedule that too. But get detailed with it. What else do you have to do right now besides wrangle some kids if you got them at the house, right? Maybe trying to keep a job afloat. And, I, and I, I'm not even on the empathetic part that I have for those that are out of work. Okay, I'll, I'll transfer from that now. I'm going to come back to the other tip later because the routine and the details of that routine I think I've covered pretty intensely. But the, the empathy that I have for those that are hurting financially, right? This isn't even a time where people don't want to work, right? It's not like they don't want to work. They can't work. They're not at home. People are being laid off left and right. You know, I live here in Orlando, Central Florida, and... We are the tourism, the tourism capital of the world here. I mean, a majority of the people that live here in Central Florida, the place I was born and raised and call home, uh, is a massive hospitality and service industry here. And so many of those people, sadly, are out of work. I mean, over 50% of the United States lives paycheck to paycheck as it is. And not just you, right, who, who I may be speaking to right now. Many people that make $200,000 a year live paycheck to paycheck because of their expenses and overhead and things that they pay for. So over 50% of this country lives paycheck to paycheck. And right now, so many, so many people are having to go without that paycheck. And my heart goes out to those people. I hope that maybe the government can step in and do something about that. Uh, I don't care what side of the fence you're on. Um, you know, I jokingly have seen many right wing posts saying, um, you know, since it's not your president, you should return the check, uh, which is funny. Uh, it's funny. It is. And I see on the other side, I would argue that, well, checks from the government is socialism. So I would hope you would return the check as a Republican, too. Right. Ha ha ha. That's funny. But in, in this time where people are dying, people do have loved ones that are dying. It may not be you yet. 
and I and I'm so happy for you that it's not you yet, that it hasn't touched anyone in your family directly or indirectly or someone that you know yet. But please don't stand there and call these things a hoax or that people aren't dying because they are. Uh, new evidence comes out every day that this is not an old people's disease, uh, that this not just people that are sick, ill with pre-existing conditions. I know that may help feed your cognitive dissonance that you've created uh, for yourself, that this isn't a thing, that it's a hoax, that it's nothing but the flu, that this pandemic is bullshit, whatever. Um, but people are being diagnosed with this. Uh, nearly 60% of the people in Italy diagnosed are under the age of 40. Uh, and 40% of those people that are diagnosed that are in intensive care units are under 40 with no pre-existing conditions. Okay. Some serious, serious health and fitness people have been diagnosed with the COVID-19 uh, coronavirus. And these are top of the world healthy people. Some of the, some of the, some of the things like uh, an O positive uh, blood type has, has been seemed to be resistant uh, to getting this virus, which is a positive thing if you are O positive. Um, <clears throat> other blood types seem to be more susceptible, right? But please... When, when you're announcing things like this is a hoax, uh, imagine if it was your grandmother, your spouse, your child, yourself, God forbid, and you're reading people posted this is a hoax, this is bullshit, it's nothing to worry about, that it's nothing to think about. Please try to exercise empathy in this time. This is one of the times in a 100 years. I mean, you're talking a 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. So a 100 years ago, but at this time where the world has been asked has been asked to come together not just a country not just a state not just a city not just a town hell not just a hemisphere where the world has been asked to come together where we should be working together saying what are you doing what are you doing what can we do how can we work together please publish proper things is this working is that working you know and I, I look I, I don't claim a political party on either side I don't claim right I don't claim left hell I barely claim center you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a, a politician, right? But I, I, but I, I am well-seasoned in, in each side. But what I can't stand is how both sides are politicizing this. Both sides are finding opportunities to politicize this. Oh, you're doing it because you hate Trump. That's why you're saying it. Um, oh, you, you're, you're doing this because you, su- you support Trump. What he's saying? This is not a political issue. This is a serious pandemic health issue. And... I know you may think that this is nothing, and it's nothing to think about, but I'll propose this question to you. If this is nothing and this is a hoax, then would you send your children or send your children out to a, a giant gathering of people? Would you do that? Would you walk into a giant gathering of people with you, your family, your kids, your infant right now, since this is a hoax and it's bullshit, it's nothing more than the flu, and it's nothing more than that, would you do that? If you would, then okay, I wouldn't suggest you risk your family's life like that, right? But as I'm watching so many people boast about how this is bullshit, all I can think about are those in other countries that have lost loved ones. That, uh, you know, that even the the healthcare workers that are working their asses off, 
right, that are staying in these hospitals that are working overtime down to the to, to the one nurse that's sitting in a, an urgent care or a CVS facility, right, uh, or the all the heroes, right, that we're talking about that are working in, that are staying to that work at grocery stores, uh, that are tr- truck drivers, right, <clears throat> excuse me, you can go down the line. For all those people that are risking their health to be out there for you and for me, it's still a risk, right? And I, it does make me sick on how many people because they read an article every day or they have. I love this one. I have a friend who's a f- I have a friend who's a doctor. My my cousin's wife is a nurse who does this thing, and they told me this. Oh, <clears throat> it's a shitty game of telephone, man. And how everyone has become a medical expert uh, over the last two weeks. Everybody knows exactly what to tell you of what this is. I mean, you're, you're not involved at the state level. You're not involved at the county level. You're not involved at the federal level. But yet you know everything the other party is doing because some news channel told you something or an article that you're privy to or that one Facebook page that you watch that's real news has told you this or a friend of a friend that you know or your cousin that's linked to some government official has told you this. All of this pointing at who's to blame for what it is. A virus is a virus is a virus, right? And whether you... Tipping when you whether you want to blame China and you want to blame this person or that person, that's do what you need to do, but it's not being helpful. It's not being helpful to what's happening. It's not pulling us together as a globe. It's not helping the situation. And I've watched so many people, friends of mine even, and and people I don't know that are, are that, that go to Facebook and because they ran some numbers and they did some statistics all of a sudden that they know for a fact that this isn't anything. Right. Look, please, you on both sides, even the sides that are spreading this massive pandemic, the world's going to end. The sky is falling on this side. We're all going to die. You are not helping the situation either. Right. So trying to find helpful things in the situation. That's why I opened this podcast by trying to give people uh, a, a helpful tactic in dealing with the anxiety and having to stay at home, being ordered to stay at home, etc. I mean, I have read some outlandish shit, though. You know, this is all about making sure everyone's vaccined and has to get a shot. And the new world order is coming. Your freedoms are being taken away. Well, then how else would you deal with this when you've watched other countries try to deal with this in some fashion? And what they did and our country being slow to respond really to do anything about it because what it's not a thing people are getting sick people are checking and they're being tested positive i mean we're doubling numbers by the day right i mean these things are happening being reported you can walk me down some road of well we don't know who but HIPAA's involved so you don't see who's dying it's just old people that are dying well old people fucking matter too asshole right that's your grandma man that's my grandma too man if you saw somebody pick on an old person, you'd probably step up, pull your gun on them, and, or beat them up or something, right? But it's okay to be out, nah, fucking, it's just old people virus. You know, the, it's, it's wiping out the weak or whatever the hell you want to call it, man. But new and new research comes out every day that young people are being affected, healthy people are being affected. I read a, a report that possibly could be healthy that they found uh, possible that those that have Advil and Tylenol and ibuprofen in their system when this when this virus hits them, uh, it's been quicker to respond to a respiratory attack. That the virus has been much more aggressive to those with Tylenol, Advil, and ibuprofen in their system. Maybe they're finding that new thing out, you know. But 
despite it, what I'm not seeing is a country and or a world come together. What I'm seeing is a division in this country continual and continuing to get wider. I'm seeing people hate on Asian people. That doesn't help with our president calling it a China virus. This is all a political move by him to call it a China virus. I mean, maybe, yeah, it stemmed from there, but now it's spread out. For any politician or any party to politicize what's happening, Democrats included, to, to, to politicize what's happening, you are not helping the situation. You're not helping pull this world together, this country together. Think about what you're posting before you post something. And I'd like to see your medical degrees, okay? Not because your wife is a nurse, not because your sister's brother is a doctor, or some friend that you had that you went to high school with told you this and sent you an article that you read that said, right? I'd like to see your medical degrees. For any of you out there that are posting medical information about this being a hoax or statistics that show this, comparing it to what the flu is and there was no pandemic and whatever, and you blame the media for I need you to please post that. And what I'd like you to do is then what all scholars and all medical professionals do is when you post your article, I need to see references. I need to see citations of where you pulled this information, where the research is coming from, and I'm going to need to see your fucking medical degrees before you start telling everybody what is a hoax, what isn't a hoax, or how bad, and this is going to wipe everybody the fuck out. All right? If you don't have that, shut the fuck up. If you don't want to post something that's positive, that's helpful, maybe gives people some information that they can look up or gives people's perspective. Maybe that's what you're doing is trying to give perspective to people on what you're posting. But I just, I, I urge you for a moment to say, what is this going to help if I post this right now? If I'm posting this as a hoax or if I'm posting the sky is falling, we're all going to die in two weeks. If you're posting either end of the spectrum, what is this helping? Is it helping to tell everybody that we're going to die in two weeks, the sky is falling? I don't know. Is it helping to post up that this is a hoax? People just go outside. Look, to, to, to come at the hoax perspective, industries are losing billions upon trillions of dollars by the time this is over, okay? The stock market is fucking crashing. Many of the 1% are invested in that stock market. They're not making money on the fucking thing. Who is to benefit? Who is to benefit from this virus if it's a hoax, Right. If your response to me is the Democrats are, are benefiting, then Democrats have nothing to do with China, Italy, Germany, UK, and all the other fucking places. Okay? So who stands to benefit from this being a hoax? And if you tell me the 5G antennas that are getting installed, fucking stop listening to this podcast and don't ever talk to me again. You're, you're fucking out there, dude. Okay? I'm not saying 5G is good for you or is bad for you, but to create an entire virus hoax pandemic just to install that is ridiculous. Right? There's no war going on. So as you ask yourself, this is a hoax for what? Right? If someone wanted to create a hoax, China wanted to create a hoax. I've seen that, that this is a terrorist attack done by China that, that released this virus that infected all of their people, that spread it to everybody else so their economy could take a dip and then lift back up so it could crash our economy. Okay, tinfoil hat person. You've got to, I, I, I'm glad that you're tied into the CIA documents to the, the spy documents that are happening, and, and you've been tapped into the upper echelon of government, of information released that you know and can spread this. Who stands the benefit from this being a hoax? It's not the stock market. It's not Wall Street. It's not the traders. It's certainly not industry. The airline industry, Boeing shut down. Weaponized people are shutting down. Small businesses are shutting down. Everybody has been shut down because of a hoax. 
Come on, man. For what? You have to be you have to at least question that. For what? Who is benefiting from this? And if your response has anything to do with a Democrat benefiting from this, then you're a, just shut up because it has not Democrat has nothing to do with the other countries, okay? If you're not adding to the benefit of what's happening, whether it's helpful, lending helping hands, trying to give people ideas, tactics, maybe make people laugh, these are things that can be helpful. Giving people tips on what you're doing when you're at, at home trying to figure it out, right? I mean, I, I watched the first stimulus bill not get passed, and so many Republicans jumped on the idea that, oh, the, the, the Democrats didn't pass the stimulus bill because they, they didn't want to help you out now, right? But if you really read into the bill and saw what was included, it, most of it was bullshit, man. A lot of people weren't going to get paid. Poor people were going to get less money than those that have a little bit more stability and in income. Corporations were getting the giant cut of that pie anyway. And so if they just pass it to pass it, and abortion wasn't included in that first thing. I saw some people include that abortion bills weren't included, so the Democrats denied it. It had nothing to fucking do with abortion or anything. I mean, please... I mean, you know who you are if you're the line reader, the headline reader, and the CNN and the Fox News watcher that listen and read the headline and think you know what it is. You read the first paragraph maybe of the article, and then you're posting things about what is or what isn't. I'm sorry, but you are adding to this situation. And let me go on a limb here. Maybe you all should fucking get the virus, okay? Is that too fucking far? Uh, it probably is too far. I, I digress. I get upset. I try to have empathy for both sides. Right. Let's be honest. You probably have heard the saying, right, that person A says this person B says this somewhere in the middle is see the truth. Right. Somewhere in the middle of that is the truth of what A and B are saying. Somewhere in the middle of that is the truth. Perhaps somewhere in the middle of it's a full blown hoax or it's a Chinese terrorist attack and the sky is falling. We're all going to die. Maybe somewhere in the middle of that is truth. Can we agree on that? Can we agree on that? That somewhere in the middle of that shit is the actual truth. That people are getting sick. They're not faking people's deaths okay they're not faking these fucking funerals that you're seeing all over the place that some aren't even allowed to have anymore people are dying that is happening right young people are being infected more and more so right and when you start to see people about going this many people tested with the flu it's because the population hasn't been tested fuckface so when you're saying this many people tested positive for the flu, this many people have this, this many people died from that, the testing's just not happening. And I'm not so sure testing, as it's being sold, is some answer, right? So a test is not a cure, for one, okay? So as we're screaming out to everybody, go get tested, go get tested. Well, one, you can't go get tested right now because there's a limit of supplies. And if there's not, there, you, some of you would say they're lying about that. So you go and get tested. But here's the thing. Why would you go put yourself in a sick situation, and what I mean is hospitals, ERs, even drive-through testing facilities, because that same person wearing that protective gear that's testing you may not have changed those gloves, didn't change that mask, is leaning in your window, right? I mean, it can be passed as an airborne virus as well. So why would you risk going to get tested? So, so many people are not being tested, so you have a huge group of people saying, go get tested, everybody go get tested. Well, you may not have it, quotes, yet. Right. That's why they're talking about quarantining. They're talking about quarantining because if you do have it, some people have it and don't show symptoms. Don't risk it. Right. Why go get tested if you don't feel the symptoms? Right. Because then you may go expose yourself to that and expose uh, others along the way when you get it. 
So it's not that, uh, to me, it's not that testing is the answer either. So they're pitching this whole thing that testing is the answer. Testing, it worked for them. Testing, testing. It seems to be that quarantining seems to be the only response. Now, what some people are saying is, hey, we're quarantining, and still the numbers are going up. It's because people aren't quarantining themselves. People are not quarantining themselves is why the numbers are still going up. It's also that people, it's 14 days. you got 14 to 15 days before symptoms begin to show. So you may not think you're sick. You say, fuck this quarantine bullshit. It's a hoax. I saw pictures and videos of people in New York and in the park flooded. The beaches in Florida have been flooded by a bunch of morons. The same thing in California has been flooded like crazy. People are still out and about. I mean, I got to imagine that those that think it's a hoax are still out and about. They're still doing their thing. I don't have to go home. So both are guilty, not just the, the blue states here in California and New York. Florida is a huge red state. And you got this entire state. You had to close the beaches. I mean, people in the U.K. are still out. They're not. No one's taking it even remote. Not no one. Some people are not even taking it remotely serious. Why can't you find it somewhere in the middle? Right. Oh, we're only quarantining to save old people. Look up how many people under 40 with no pre-existing conditions have fell ill and have died and or are currently sitting on respirators. Dig in and find the research and news and don't just look for the answers you want. Search for the shit that's opposite what you're looking for. I didn't even want to go off down this road, but I I guess I assumed it would be uncapped at some point. Right. Um, You know. China's timeline they traced it back to starting in November 17th. And about a week ago, I found a couple more things that were pointing to is more like August. It was more like August. So let's assume it's November, right? That's when they found their first diagnosed case, if you will, but not the origin uh, of the virus, but November 17th. And they claim currently, right, they're claiming um, to have flattened the curve and not having many more diagnoses. I've also seen some articles talking about a reemergence of the disease as people are coming back home to China, right? So let's assume, so November, December, January, February, March, right? Five months. Five months is what that took to get to that point, right? So all I could assume is we're talking about five months still, Right. So five months for us, if it was March, when we all know and we've seen it's really been more like January, February. Right. So it's been more like January, February. Um, We're talking July here. That's what we're really talking. And I've been screaming, you know, four or five months uh, for at least a month now. Right. I've been screaming that for at least a month now. And, you know, two weeks lockdown. Now I'm watching the president telling us, you know, uh, two weeks Easter we'll we'll all be back. And this, to me, is where I see a problem. I see a problem. I'm not even going to judge the man on his politics, his leadership, or, or bills, any of that. I'm not, I, I'm, I told you I'm not picking sides on this shit. I'm just looking at the man from his leadership standpoint when he's behind the microphone. He has turned every single time he's behind that podium, he's turned it into a Trump rally. You got to do what you got to do politically. I get it. But where is the FDR where is the Winston Churchill from World War II? Where is FDR through the Great Depression in the fireside chats? Where is the leadership and the speaking of the president that we expect? Not, see, the issue I have is then we have somebody up there going, eh, it's not a big deal. We'll have a cure for it soon. This doesn't happen. It's not a big deal. It's nothing, not a big deal. 
So let's take this not a big deal approach, right? Let's let's take it and we can argue. Let's argue the fact that what he's doing was keeping the economy under control, right? Stopping people from panicking. I get that, right? You don't want people to panic. So he's up there playing it cool. It's not a big deal. We'll get to the bottom of it, right? I'll say this. I'll say that, right? I get that. I get his approach of trying to keep a chill. Not a big deal, people. But when you're pointing it out that it's not a big deal, and it is, or even it's half of a big deal, would you rather be at your stations, right? I'm, I'm going to go here. Let's take a warship, right? There's a, a movie that I love to watch called Master and Commander, right? Master and Commander, uh, awesome sailor movie, etc. right? And the watchman is on the boat, and he's watching when everybody else is asleep, and the watchman is watching, and he thinks he sees some sails in the distance. He thinks he sees some sails in the distance, but he's unsure. The quartermaster approaches and says, hey, wh- what did you see? You, you acted like you saw something. Unsure, the watchman goes, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what. Because he doesn't want to call everybody to quarters. Everybody is sleeping. He doesn't want to call everybody out of their quarters to get to their arm position to be ready for attack. He doesn't want to be the false alarm guy that says everything, right? So the watchman, he's unsure that he saw sails or not. The quartermaster, who's half his age, by the way, in the movie, realizes that you cannot sit on a maybe. Turns around and screams, be to quarters, right? And it's an English action, forgive me, right? He starts screaming, be to quarters, be to quarters. Everybody's running out then, waking up, being to quarters, preparing, ready to go. The captain, Russell Crowe, approaches the watchman and says, what'd you see, sir? Uh, I'm unsure, but sails at this o'clock, I'm not sure, not quite sure. He looks, he doesn't see anything. Looks at the watchman and he says, good for making the call because you're never, you're never sure. Glad that you made the call. Captain looks back around, sees out to the to the eyeglass. Sure enough, sails are there. It's on wartime. So, is it better? I propose the question. Right, I'm not picking this side. Is it better to scream, "Hey, uh, we're all right. Nothing's nothing's coming. Not a big deal. Nothing's coming. No sails in the distance. Don't worry about it, y'all. Y'all relax and chill." And then it shows up, and no one is prepared. Or is it better to say, hey, we need to begin to get prepared in case this happens? How many of you parents out there talk to your children about what may happen in case, even though they're not living that life? How many of you talk to your kids about, hey, that one bad apple that you hang out with can be a bad influence that could lead you to this, to this, to this, to this, to this. And then your, your kid's looking at you like, ma. Like I, I just all I I made a B minus. I made a C. Okay, I, all right. I'm I'm not going to become a murderer and do life in jail. But as a parent, you're like, whoa, what road is my child going down? They made a mistake, right? So you lay it out for them. You lay it out. Hey, look, I know it's just one time you skip school. I know it's just once that that you you snuck out your window. I know it's just once that you made a D. But I know it's just once you had unprotected unprotected sex, right? These are the conversations you're having with your child, your own child. When they make that little mistake and you're talking to them about the road they could go down based on this, that's okay for you to do. But God forbid the leader of the free world, the greatest army this world has ever known, and the greatest country in existence currently today, stands in front of a podium and says, eh, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Don't even be prepared. It's going to be okay. (laughs) I, I jokingly say this with an asterisk to the left. It definitely seems to be a lot of the hardcore right-wingers that are also the doomsday preppers. 
So if it's nothing to worry about, why are you collecting 85,000 machine guns and 85,000 rounds and storing food and packing everything uh, if Doomsday's not coming, right? All right? Just side note. Just thought it was funny, all right? Back to the real shit. Just fucking around. But the leader of our free world, so which is better? Which is better to point out the possibility of what may happen? So to begin to be prepared for this, or is it better for the leader of the free world to say, hey, Johnny, I, I know you stuck, snuck out of the window this one time. It's not a big deal. I get it. I know you had unprotected sex once, and it was your first time, and you're both 17 years old. It's probably not a big deal. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Or are you looking at the road to possibly come by that one decision, right? I, I ask you to question that, right? And, and for one, I don't think anybody should be president of the United States while I'm on it, okay? It's a stupid fucking job. I, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a death sentence for most people that ever want to take it anyway. I think it's ridiculous and archaic that we still ask one person to be the leader of us all like we're picking the captain of a fucking kickball team. I think it's fucking ridiculous, okay? I'm just throwing that out there, right? That one person is asked to do all this and make those decisions, whatever they are, right? So, I mean, ask yourself, right, what do, you, what do you know about foreign policy really, right, to, to put people in place? You know what you've seen on news, on some articles you read and shit, but come on, you have a day job that you've been doing most of your fucking life, right, being a parent. Give me your foreign policy expertise here, right? So I, I ask where, what direction of that leadership at the helm would you rather see? Would you rather see the watchman while you're asleep in the quarters on this ship, would you rather the watchman yell out a possibility because they think they saw something and that you are prepared, standing at your station, prepared to fire just in case? Or would you rather have stayed asleep in your quarters and it really was sales and you're late to the guns and you are killed? Which of those choices would you rather have? I'm going to much rather have the watchman that thinks he saw something Call me to my station so I am ready just in case, okay? Because they have declared war on this virus, and that's what this is. And if this is war on the virus, then why have we been called to quarters so late? Why have we been called and asked as a nation to come to your station, and your station means your home and quarantining yourself not to spread this virus, and you have been asked to come to your station in this country by your leader of this country and the leader of your state and county governments are beginning to finally fall in line. Florida's fucking way far behind. DeSantis can... Never mind. Either way, what happens if we all decided to quarantine ourselves for three weeks upon its arrival, which was really in January February and really announced in March, we were way behind. The FDA and some other approvals for tests, things were way behind. It was awful. Great NPR uh, story on, on Planet Money's uh, story talks about that. We are already far behind. The enemy is already encroached and become close to us. They, they have the wind on us. And we've been called to stations late in the game. But yet when we are called to stations, why wouldn't you just go to your station and quarantine yourself for the love of the ship and for the just-in-case, for the just-in-case why wouldn't you do that for your fellow Americans? I don't care if they're 105 years old, 76 years old, or 21 years old. Why wouldn't you do that? And it's Gen Z, by the way. It's Generation Z, not millennials that you all keep blaming, right? Right? So the fact is we have a leader 
that I don't care about anything else right now, I'm not going to get into the politics of it all, who stands and creates a division in the country by what he's saying on the microphone rather than bringing the country together. Now, don't you dare bring up and call me some Obama fan, because look here, when Obama ran, man, he had me. The motherfucker had me. I was in my living room because the dude could speak. He could talk. He had me. I was listening as he was running for his first term. I was listening to his want for change. I was in it. Hell, I was standing up in my living room with my daughter next to me at the time going, yes, this is it. Morgan, change is coming. This is happening. And I'll be damned. Nothing happened. Okay? You fooled me. You got me. You had me hyped up. But so I'm not that end either, right? So stop. What do you know? Well, Clinton said this and Obama. I'm I'm not politicizing it because fuck them too. But just from a leader's perspective on the microphone currently, what we have is someone that is more dividing the nation than making the nation feel like we will get through this. That we have to come together, that you have to listen to your state officials. That you have to work together as a community. And working together as a community nowadays, let's face it, they're asking you to stay home and watch Netflix when your grandparents got called to war, okay? Back then, they called your grandparents and great-grandparents to war to defend this fucking country. They're asking you to stay home and watch Netflix, motherfuckers. That's what they're asking you to do, and, and you freak out about it. You freak out about it. Maybe, maybe it's because most of you don't want to be home because you don't like your home. Maybe that's the truth, right? And you want to blame everybody else for wanting to be home, but no. Sorry, side note, I digress. What bothers me the most is the leadership. The leadership behind the microphone, right? Those FDR speeches, those fireside chats during the Depression. Those Churchill, even though Churchill, he had some issues too, let's be honest. He had some issues himself too. But the boy, the, the boy could speak, and he could say, he could talk, and he could address his nation and talk to them. That's why he's quoted today, even though he made some serious blunders politically through this shit. But either way, man, if we cannot rely on the leader that's holding on, let's be honest, right? Who do they fire on the team, right? They fire the coach and they fire the quarterback, right? Those are the two people that get fired the most from the team if the team's doing shitty. Well, I'm sorry. The coach of the United States is our president right now. Definitely not the owner. The people are the owner, right? It's a people-owned team. But that's the coach right now. See the team, see the coach. And our coach right now is creating, in my opinion, a division amongst this country rather than bringing people together. And I think the Democrats are finding their way to do it, too. I think the Democrats are finding their way to divide this country, to blame Trump and his people and all his voters, too. They're doing the same. And I stand here in the middle, not even as a middle independent, but looking at both sides, red and blue, red ties, blue ties, and going, motherfuckers, this isn't about your reelection. This isn't time for you, Trump, to have a Trump rally behind the podium. Democrats, this isn't a time to turn around and trash Trump. Both sides are so busy blaming both sides why people are getting sick and nothing is helping. It is up to us as the people. It is up to us as the people in this country to listen to ourselves, to listen to your gut, to care about other people, to learn to stay home. It's not going to be the end of the world. We're going to make it. We're going to come out of this. We're going to be okay. You're going to have to get tricky at home, right? You're going to have to use some of those tactics I talked about. You're going to have to use some of those skills about creating a structure at the house. You're going to have to use some skills like 
well, like I, the purposeful structure, I want to go back. I never got to that second uh, tip. I never got to that second tip. But you're going to have to use tips to deal with your home life. That second tip I wanted to get to is a mental tip. I, I covered in depth already about creating a structure for yourself day in, day out, hour by hour, right? Even the most minute things, right? Clean your tennis shoes as a structure. Make your bed. Uh, play that instrument. Free time to do whatever you want. Take a nap. Alone time. Together time. Family time. Game time. Uh, read a book time. Podcast time. Facebook live time. Journal time. Write time. There's things that fix the house time. Wash the car time, right? Paint the fucking house. Find shit to do, right? That's not there. And again, Please don't let what I'm saying miss those that are in a financial hurricane that are sitting there with $20 or two cents in your account and you don't know what to do or where food is going to come from. We have to find a way to help out those people. And hopefully this new stimulus bill that they pass is going to get help to those people uh, in, in some fashion or some way. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to people you know if you need that help. Don't And please... You top one percenters, ten percenters, thirty percenters that are sitting in your fucking mansions that, that didn't lose a lot of money in the stock market. You gotta come off some of that change. I see a couple, you know, publicity stunts by some celebrities out there donating a million dollars to this or a million dollars to that. When you're talking about a thirty billionaire, thirty billionaire person, and they're donating a million dollars to something, get the fuck out of here. You're, you're you're putting pennies in the well, bitch. I know that's what you're doing. I'm sorry, I know you gave a million bucks, but you have 30 billion fucking dollars, all right? A million ain't shit. You know, for those of you that are well off, that are okay, don't just offer your help to organizations, to nonprofits, because many of those nonprofits, their financial structures to pay their CEO and their COOs giant paychecks to run, quotes, run the company while small amounts of that money actually gets donated. Give it to your fucking neighbor. Find your neighbor. Go into another neighborhood, maybe. I don't know. Send out money um, anonymously to somebody's PayPal or Cash App or something. Find ways to spread that money around because direct, there's tons of research out there, too, about how going to third world countries and building schools and building shit like that isn't nearly as effective as simply giving everybody money that lives there. It can actually be more helpful than doing the infrastructure idea. And I, I am interested to see, A, if those checks actually make their way to citizens out and what that may change on the political landscape. How many people are going to sit around and go, you mean this whole time you could have done this? Andrew Yang doesn't seem so stupid anymore, right? <laughs> About universal basic income, right? I mean, right now is not, in my opinion, time to argue the politics of this idea. While there are people with 20 cents in their account, two ramen noodles in their cupboard, and they're not sure what they're going to eat tomorrow. And by the way, that has been a problem here. There's nearly 21,000 people uh, that are, are starving in America currently, too. So, so starvation is, and poverty is, is not a new thing in the country as we see it today, okay? But there are many of those that are, are working, that are, have been busting their asses for, for days on end in the service industry, the hospitality industry. I mean, pick a business. I'd, at this point, I don't think that there's an industry that's not been affected by this somehow. So find a way to help them if you can. Have empathy for those that are going through it. And if you find yourself, you know, angry or irritable, understand what you're dealing with in that fashion is anxiety. If you're screaming at China in some racist fashion, if you're, you're screaming at Republicans 
in some political fashion, if you're screaming at Democrats in some fashion, if you're finding yourself angry and irritable, that is how you're expressing your anxiety. And you need to learn to begin to deal with the anxiety that you have. Otherwise, the environment you currently reside in is going to be hell for those around you. You have to work on your environment or at least the perception of your environment. Otherwise, you're going to lose your fucking mind and those around you are not going to want to be around you. So the purposeful structure, back to that, implement the purposeful structure in your life. But the second portion of it is focus on what you can do, not what you can't do. This is, I know this may seem small. You've probably seen it posted in a few places. Uh, but Dr. Jan Burt, a, a mentor of mine, huge shout out to him. He's one of the, the, the best psychologists, and he treats people with uh, chronic illness, chronic disability, chronic pain. And this is a, a, one of his approaches that he focuses on. So think about the people that lose their legs or that are chronically ill or disabled and what they can and cannot do. If they focus solely on what they can no longer do, their life can become a living hell. And so this is a time where in your life you need to begin to focus on the very small things that you have taken for granted, like your legs your eyesight, your hearing, the health you currently have. Learn to see what you can do, not what you can no longer do. If you focus on what you can no longer do, you will continue to up your anxiety, up your irritability, up your anger, and you will snap. You will snap on Facebook. You're going to send that email you didn't want to send. You're going to make that post that's going to come back and bite you in the ass in two or three, four months from now that you shouldn't have posted. You're going to make a mistake. So try implementing those two things I gave you. Create a structure, no matter how detailed or meticulous. Create a structure daily to help you out. Even structure in some free time where it's not. Learn to let go. For those of you that are workaholics, that work 24-7, that you may love your work, you may like what you do, or maybe it's a distraction from your life, and you can no longer hide within the work to distract yourself from your life, now it's the time to do some self-reflection. Learn to be okay being with yourself. And my heart goes out to those that are in abusive homes and abusive relationships and they're stuck indoors with those people. Perhaps if you are that abuser or if you are that person, maybe you hear this or are listening to this and you could fucking stop it. That people are in this with you, that you're not the only one that is going through this. And if you're going to post things, maybe come together and post things maybe that are helpful. Maybe that don't downplay the seriousness of what's happening. You think you're helping people by downplaying the seriousness of this. Or that you're helping by posting how serious it is. What if we all just assume that possibly the watchman has saw some sails in the distance. And we need to be to quarters. And those quarters are our home. Find what you can do. Don't focus on what you can't do. Create a structure. Love. Support each other. Talk to your spouse. Talk about crazy things. The remember wins. The futures. The dreams. Talk to your kids. But also find time to structure your alone time. Where you're also within your own thoughts. Learn to meditate. Try something new. And again, I know all of that falls on deaf ears, especially if we look at the hierarchy of needs. Those that are without food 
those that are struggling to keep their shelter, those that don't have the money to pay for things. Those things that I'm talking about, I understand if that falls on deaf ears. And I, I wish I had a way to help you and reach out to you to say, hey, because the fact that you're lucky enough to sit at home and call this a hoax and be within a home and have food in your cupboard, coffee filters to wipe your ass with, you're in a lucky place. And if you're a landlord, a bill collector, you too get paid by those bills that get paid. But if you have it to where you don't need it that bad, don't start raising your rents on your tenants. Don't start charging more for your services and products because of the time and the need. If it's a risk factor, sure, charge more. But this is a time that's scary for a lot of people. It may even be scary to those of you that swear to God that you're not bothered by it. It's all a bunch of hype. You know the truth out of everybody on the planet. But if you're responding with anger and irritability, then we all really know the truth, that you too are anxious. We have to pull together as a globe, as a, as a community, and we are being called upon to do so at probably one of the most polarized times in our own nation. Possibly the world, but if I look back at World War I and II, that's some serious polarization globally going on. But within nations currently, in this nation, we are so polarized. And at a time of being so polarized, to be asked to come together as a nation and as a globe right now is probably one of the toughest things that Mother Nature has asked us to do currently. But we are human beings that are strong, that can make it out. We have thrived like we have on this planet because of how we work together not because of how we pull apart. If you can find a way to question your own politics, your own beliefs, on both sides and in the middle, show empathy, love, concern, and care, because I promise you, your Facebook post is not going to change anything. And more than likely, this podcast isn't going to change anything either. But like the virus, how it goes from one person to the next, to the next, and to the next, and to the many. If you or myself, person next to you or somebody you know, can start with optimism, love, doing our part, being to quarters, being to our stations, stop hunting the blame, can worry about who to blame later. For right now, we have to survive this war together. If you can find a way to set all of that aside, because people that you know and I know and I love are in danger, people we don't know, strangers, the globe, countries, people are in need, are in danger, they are scared. Real men, 
real women and leaders, in my opinion, pull together opposite communities and help them work together. They do not divide them. The real leaders of our time have pulled together masses that have differences of beliefs, opinions, ways of life, and they have pulled those people together for a cause. Those are the leaders that we remember. The leaders that make change, that truly help and go down in the history books as true leaders are those that do not divide, but those that bring together. I ask all of you out there to be those leaders, to be the leaders that bring together, that don't point out who's to blame, who's at fault, who's to gain. But those leaders of those communities are the ones that care, that have an open ear, that show the empathy, that are there, that stand and support those, even if they believe differently than you. I know that we can come together as a people, as a race, as a world, and maybe, unfortunately, those that will die in this, that we will lose the brothers and sisters, the mothers, the grandparents, the fathers, the children, that we will lose in this, to me, is the shame we all hold by not being able to come together sooner. We are all responsible for those deaths, not just the ones that said this or didn't do this or didn't quarantine or didn't go out or didn't stay home. The team fails, not just the player. We need to pull together, be positive and supportive, post things that are helpful, be helpful. Use the gifts you have, whether it's to make people laugh, Make people listen, make people care, or make people feel like it's going to be okay, but you need to do your part here while you're standing and manning or womaning your station. Unfortunately, those souls that we will lose are the price we're paying for our division and forgetting that we are a human race and we are all in this together. I love y'all very much. Stay healthy. Stay home. It's not worth it. Stay healthy. Stay home. Stay kind. Work on yourself. Structure your daily environment. You may not be able to change your environment, but you can certainly change the perception of your environment. Focus on what you can do, not what you can't do. Focus on what we can do together, not who's to blame for why we are here. We are being called upon at this pivotal moment to be great. To be great as a human race, we are all being called upon at this very moment. When this smoke clears and the virus dies down, whenever that may be, I truly hope that we will all learn from this and close the divide that divides our countries, 
our political parties, our races, our genders. We see that the virus doesn't care about any of those things. And perhaps it's reminding us that we shouldn't care so much about those things either. Love y'all. Hope you're taking care of you. Hope you're living your cognitive rampage. Where away? Uh, two points off the starboard bow, sir. Not a mile distance. You sure, Mr. Hollum? Yes, sir. Man of war? I don't know, sir. It was only for a moment. I, I, I thought I saw a shape. Did you see it, Mr. Callamy? No, sir. Well, you did the right thing, Mr. Hollum. Go to your stations. That's your Tom. Sir. We're going to have to get close to the Pokey's eye. Run out the starboard battery. Aye, sir. Mr. Allen, come up on the wind. On the wind, sir. Blame me alongside a pistol shot. Sharpshooters to the top, Mr. Howard. Sergeant, take your section into the main block. Stand tall on the quarter deck, son, all of us. Mr. Boyle, run up the colours. Aye, sir. Ship, 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 ship. Ship, ship, ship. 